HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Consider Bardwell Farm in Vermont, a producer of award-winning handmade cheese from goat and cow milk. For more information, visit ConsiderBardwellFarm.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, April 30th. This is the 17th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Now, today we're going to be talking about a new organization for for women in food and hospitality. And I have its two co-founders in the studio with me, and I will introduce them in a second. Before I do, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round questions, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. Okay, so as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show now, and my tip today is to personalize your pitch whenever possible. So... Actually, I can't believe I haven't talked about this today, this PR tip, and um, because I think it's really important. I believe that pitching is far more effective if it's done personally by contacting journalists one at a time, specifically focusing on an idea for a story for their publication. And that not only means pitching things that make sense, but being realistic with your expectations and goals. Now, sometimes in PR, we need to get the word out about news or an event in a short amount of time to make many e- to reach many media outlets. And in those cases, it makes sense to do an email blast or a press release distribution. But remember, PR is about relationships, and a personal approach will go a longer way than a general mass pitch. So that's my tip today. Be personal and pitch personally. Okay, I'm very excited about my guests. They are Sue Chan and Alex Pomolier, the co-founders of Tokla Society for Women in Food Plus Hospitality. Sue is the brand director for Momofuku. She manages David Chang and oversees press, marketing, events, digital media, and partnerships for 10 Momofuku establishments on three continents. Sue orchestrates public relations and events for the food magazine Lucky Peach and coordinates the international fundraising efforts of MAD, Rene Renzepi's annual symposium with his team in Copenhagen. Now, Alex is the director of finance for Momofuku and the co-owner of 30 Acres Restaurant in New Jersey. She oversees the financial budgets and performance of all the Momofuku restaurants in New York City, Toronto, and Sydney, and has been with the company since 2007. Also, two years ago, Alex opened... 30 Acres Restaurant with her husband, Chef Kevin Pomolier. The restaurant has received two stars from Pete Wells in the New York Times, was named one of the best, the 50 best restaurants in the country by Bon Appetit, and received a nomination for Best New Restaurant from the James Beard Awards. Alex was named one of Zagat's 30 Under 30 in New York City in 2013 
and Forbes 2014 30 Under 30 for food and wine. So now I feel old. (laughs) And now I'm done with all of my PR tip and talking and on this miserable, gloomy, cold, rainy New York City day, I'm delighted to see both of you. So welcome. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Yeah. Well, Let's thanks for coming. Yeah. Am, am I speaking in the mic? Enough? Yeah, bring it a little closer. <laughs> so, so tell me how you both got into hospitality and found your way to Momofuku. Um, well, I don't have like a real direct story. I went to college for anthropology. <laughs> that was That's what I figured. Super um not applicable to what I do today. Uh, let's see. I've always worked in restaurants or, I mean, that's sort of everybody's story, but I worked at a burger restaurant all through high school. I worked as a waitress in Paris for a little while and I worked for Star Chefs. I worked for Star Chefs. You did? Yeah. I, it's so funny meeting people. I was, <laughs> Everybody worked for Star I know. Chefs. I was there, I was there in 2001, 2002. I was there right after you. That's so funny. Yeah, well, it's it is funny. I meet people. I wore a lot of hats. I I sort oh, no, of not right after you. I'm sorry. Five years after you. Okay. It was 2004. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm I wouldn't make the 30 under 30 list at this point. <laughs> so I'm a little older than you. Um, but yeah, that's that's funny. I didn't know you were there. Yes. So I was there, and um, actually through that job, I got. Dave Chang's email address. <laughs> um, yeah, so I stalked him. No, I didn't. I just, I mean, it used to be what his email address was like momofuku at gmail.com or something. So it was like not that difficult to figure out. Um, so I emailed him and said, hey, I would uh, like to work for you in any capacity. And he responded and said, um, I don't have a job for you, but <laughs> sorry. Here, Sue, do you want to step over me? Yeah, we're doing, we're doing, we're rearranging <laughs> microphones a little here, but we're good. Um, yeah, so Dave said he did not have a job for me, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, technical difficulty. It's all good. We're, we're having fun yeah. here. And Live show. Mystery. <laughs> Sorry, I'm causing all sorts of trouble. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway, so whatever. So I asked him for a job and he gave it to me. That's a long story. Um, that was I, a good move, I think. Yeah, and I, I started as an office assistant and had absolutely no financial background whatsoever. Um, like, none. I had never even opened Excel. I was like, what, what is that? Um, so anyway, that and then I just sort of learned, thanks in part to Dana Zukowski, who you had on your show last week. I know, small world. Yeah. Um, well, she was telling me about 30 Acres, and I haven't been out there yet. And I can't wait to go. I have to. She said it was very easy to get to on the path train. It is. <laughs> um, yeah. So through the help of other women mentors that I've had, as well as Dave Chang, who's not a woman, <laughs> um, and Drew Salmon, who's also not a woman, um, I sort of figured it all out. I ended up getting my MBA at uh, NYU, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's and that's it. That? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Sue. Well, food has always been a huge part of my life. I mean, I grew up around a lot of food and cooked a lot when I was younger. And I actually, in uh, college, I went to school in the city. Um, I, in my senior year, I was writing my thesis on um, food deserts. So I compared East Harlem to the Upper East Side and um, compared the access in those two different neighborhoods. And so I was you know, clearly really interested in food, um, specifically on the food policy side. Um, but I wanted to try out restaurants just because I've always been cooking and um, got myself an externship at the Spotted Pig for a month. It was the worst kitchen extern ever. (laughs) Um, Realized that I was not meant for the kitchen, but it was an incredible experience just being in the restaurants um, and, you know, the whole front of house, back of house dynamic and um, just the camaraderie that, you know, you get to experience when working in this industry. So that's when... Um, I was like, hey, maybe that might be something I want to do. But when I graduated, I went to go work for Food Bank for New York City, which is a nonprofit organization um, in the city. They feed over a quarter of a million New Yorkers every single day. And I was the, doing communications there. Um, yeah, it's and, a great organization. Yeah, really great. And what's amazing is that, you know, in my current job, we still help um, and work with the food bank, which has been really great. Um, yeah, so after that, I did that for a couple of years and then randomly applied to 
I, I knew I wanted to get back into the restaurant industry, so it was just like looking on Craigslist. I was like willing to be a host or you know even something like that, and found an office assistant position. Was interviewed by Alex. This was I think a year after you started. Was interviewed by Alex and Unjean Song, who is one of our other Tokeless Society um, co-founders. Um, they interviewed me. I was hired. Was that for about six months? Then became Dave's assistant for a couple years, and then now I oversee my own department doing like PR marketing and all that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are today. No, it's amazing. I'm a big fan of the Momofuku Empire. I would call it at this point. So it's just so funny because we started like five years ago, and it did not feel like an. I mean, Dave at that point had four restaurants when I started, and his New Yorker profile had just come out. Co open had opened. Um, Milk Bar was about to open, and I mean, it's just crazy what has happened in five years. Now yeah. we're on three different continents. Um, we have the lucky peach media empire that's blooming and yeah it's just been an incredible it's just weird to hear people say empire and to have people recognize dave on the street and all that but we're still really scrappy yeah we're very (laughs) scrappy (laughs) but very impressive scrappy i have to say no we hide it well is really what it is (laughs) that's that's um, maybe i'll get some inside secrets here of how how things actually work but no, it's it's impressive, and I think it's it's great. You both you both worked there, and then you you came to find Tokla Society, which you started last year, a couple or, years ago, yeah, two thousand and twelve, April okay. two thousand and twelve. Yeah, it was our first event. And what what was what inspired that? And and you know, tell 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 us about what the society is about, and also the name. How did you come up with Tokeless? Yeah, well, the mission is pretty simple. It's just to share the stories of women in the industry and to provide a network um, of professional support for other women um, who are, you know, in like-minded fields. Um, and the first way that we're doing that is just through a couple events a month. Um, we always host a networking event once a month, and then we try to do some sort of, like, panel workshop event as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, the reason why we started it, Alex can maybe jump well, in here, but. Uh, you know, I, I was in business school, <laughs> which is an extremely male-dominated situation. But I took this class, Women in Business, which, you know, I, I don't know how much I really learned in that class. But one of the things I really took away from it was that, you know, women are not really all that, maybe not as good at making connections, self-serving connections. Um. Well, maybe maybe they're just as good as it, but whatever whatever reason, yeah. maybe they don't. Do I mean, it. in our society, obviously, we're not trying to generalize women, no. but in our society, <laughs> the, the way we've all been raised and the environment that we live in. Sorry, I'm a sociology major, so I always think everything is <laughs> that's true. Like your product of your um, of your surroundings, but I mean, like Alex is saying, is that yeah, or maybe like, I felt like I struggled with that. I felt like I didn't have a way to really cement relationships with other women that I felt wasn't sleazy or like weird um I, I, I just like it was like how do you reach out to another woman and be like hey can you help me you know i always just found that really uncomfortable and i did find that my like male counterparts didn't really have as much trouble doing that like they had no trouble reaching out to somebody and saying hey i don't know you can you please get me a job like that i felt uncomfortable with that so having said that i had a few people in my life um like Dana Zukowski and Ashley News Craft Totality Group and various other women I can't think of right now, who, Christina Tosi, who have been really supportive, mm-hmm. overly supportive. Um, and so then, anyway, that, that was personally what I was thinking. And we talked about it, Sue and me and Unjane, you know, about how we could really leverage those kinds of relationships for other women, how we could be those women for other women how we could ask more women to get involved. Cause we really did feel like everybody wants to help, you know, yeah. nobody's wants to close the door behind them. And at the same time, I mean, so I went to Barnard college, which is a whole women's organization, uh, university, sorry, college, a part of Columbia university. And at that time, interestingly enough, um, I had a lot of undergrads reach out to me being like, Hey, Sue, I know you're in the food industry. I'm really interested in getting in, but you know, there's no roadmap to get into food. Obviously food has become more prevalent. And so, um, you can find people who have careers in food, but I think for a younger generation, people were interested in it but didn't know how. And um, that was another way for us to give back to the community was create this group that would help um, women who were interested in exploring the industry, giving them resources and networks and information. Um, so that was some another reason that we wanted to start the group. 
Yeah. Well, when I moved, I'm thinking, so did you, when I moved to New York, uh, 98, I remember I was looking for networking opportunities. And so I ended up joining the Women's Culinary Alliance, which has been around, Sarah Moulton started that 32 years ago. And um, that was an organization I got involved in that was about networking, cooperation, education. Um, I'm, and, I'm, and, and I stayed involved a long time. I was the president of the past two years. I'm now the immediate past president. So I've been very active in that. Now, I'm finding just... I'm loving going to your events and being involved. And I'm seeing, I'm wondering the differences between, like, did you consider joining an organization that already was out there, such as such as Women's Culinary Alliance or Women Chefs and Restaurateurs? There's La Dame Escoffier, but that's, you have to be invited. But um, I'm seeing, like, your organization is a little more um, restaurant-focused than these other ones, more food stylists, recipe testers. It's a little bit different. So is that sort of yeah i mean i would definitely say that it it became that and it mm-hmm. is definitely more restaurant focused and a lot of our contacts in the industry were obviously other women um on the admin side of restaurant groups um so i think that that was just by chance i mean i was familiar with some of those organizations but i would say that like i didn't even know how to join or or like no one was like actively telling me about that and um i mean now that we're two years in they have definitely been an inspiration of like how, you know what can we do um and learn how can we learn from them and whatnot. But you know, I think some of the things that we do differently are like we're not invite only, and um, our membership has women from every part of the industry. So front of house, back of house, and like you said, it's mostly food stylists or food writers. Right. Um, but yeah, but I guess I, I didn't even realize that. But there is more of a restaurant focus for sure. Yeah, I mean, we definitely. I mean, like Sue was saying, we are not in the. I mean, I'm in the restaurant at Thirty Acres now, but. At Mofuku, we are not in the restaurants. We are more of a support position. I don't know if that's really the right way to say it, but we're not in the restaurants. Um, and I think that that is not really an industry that people talk about very often. It's definitely not very glamorous, um, and people. So we, I know that that's something I wanted to get out of the, out of the uh, Tokla Society was that that idea of you know there's all of these women and men. Who are doing this whole other part of the business that nobody really talks about, mm-hmm. um, and it's not something that I specifically know that the other societies don't focus on. It's just that I, yeah, yeah no, I think they're different. I think there's there's certainly room for all of them, and I'm I'm glad to be associated with with all of them because I'm a big supporter of the food world of women of and I I, I love going to events and 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 networking. I do. It's just it's kind of like I'm a little bit of a food event nerd or something like I just I enjoy it I feel I I get a lot out of it so um I want to talk about more about your upcoming programming I want to find out more about the name and uh we're gonna take a little break here and we'll come back so stay with us this is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network Herself in a mother's summer dress. Oh, kid, she doesn't need your help. She studied art in Spain. Tall boys across her brain. Yeah, tall boys, men, they'll do anything. They sat her in the shade, threw her a parade. All lined up, marching back and forth all day. Today's program has been brought to you by Consider Bardwell Farm. Spanning the rolling hills of Vermont's Champlain Valley and easternmost Washington County, New York, 300-acre Consider Bardwell Farm was the first cheese-making co-op in Vermont founded in 1864 by Consider Stebbins Bardwell himself. Rotational grazing on pesticide-free and fertilizer-free pastures produces the sweetest milk and the tastiest cheese. All of their cheeses are aged on the farm in their extensive system of caves. 
Consider Barwell Farm is also a big supporter of Heritage Foods USA's No Goat Left Behind program. No Goat Left Behind is a serious effort launched in 2011 by Heritage Foods USA designed to introduce goat meat to American diners and provide a sustainable end market for dairy animals. For more information, please visit www.considerbardwellfarm.com. Hi, welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Sue Chan and Alex Pomolier, and they are from Tokla Society and the Momofuku Empire. <laughs> so, I want to, so tell me, Tokla Society, like, where'd you come up with that name? Yeah. Um, first off, naming things is really difficult, <laughs> but we knew that we wanted to name it after a person that kind of represented, um, you know, what we were trying to do or represented what, how we were feeling, and... Um, at that, right when we started the organization, uh, my boyfriend at the time, uh, for, it was around the holidays, he actually got uh, the, he gave me the, the Alice B. Toklas cookbook. And so I was reading the introduction by MLK Fisher. And um, just the way that she was describing her, I was like, oh my goodness, I feel like this is us. Because, um, you know, at that point, um, a couple of years ago, we were really playing a support, a support role to all of the chefs and all to, to all of the restaurants. And... Um, I don't know how much you guys know about Alice B. Toklas, but she... Um, I Googled her a while yeah, ago, but so I she, forgot. <laughs> so she was the biggest prom- pr- promoter and supporter of Gertrude Stein and um, essentially the biggest source of her power and motivation behind Gertrude's career in life. Um, in the book, MLK Fisher called her the power behind the throne. Um, and we just hope that this group is the underlying force as well as the source of inspiration for other women in the industry. So that's where the name came from. Sue's been really into Toklas for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And so we were all, when she suggested that, it was Anju yeah. and I were like, yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. Well, it's different. It's I mean, she's different. also a modern woman, and, you know, so. Yeah, no, it's I liked cool. It. Yeah. <laughs> and they had, like, a, it's actually, a, I mean, it's a really, they had an amazing life, I feel like. They had this incredible house in Paris, and um, it was, like, essentially, like, a creative salon. So all the people who were in Paris, um, in between the two wars, um, would go over to their house. So, like, Hemingway was a friend. If you guys have seen Midnight in Paris, it's, like, that era. Oh, I like And that all of movie. those artists, yeah. um, they would just hang out at Gertrude and Alice's house. And Alice was the person who would be a confidant. She would cook for them. She would... Um, she read all of Gertrude Stein's um, transcripts and all that. So I felt like this group was going to support other women, so she was um, a good person to name it after. Excellent. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> so now, right now, there's no there's no membership fee. Your program, some of them don't have half fees. I I was looking, but is that I mean something might change in in the future? Or is that yeah. yeah? So we are in the process of um, becoming a nonprofit, um, and then once that happens, um, you know, all of this stuff. Right now, we have a committee um, who's helping, who are all planning these events. Um, We're a so, bunch of really amazing women. Yeah, Amanda Clip from Eater, who just became editor in chief of Eater. Yeah, um, Amanda's yeah. amazing, and she's she's also very very quickly kind of well, yeah. not quickly, you know, risen up, and, oh, yeah, and she's time. doing really well. So, mm-hmm. um, Krista Yee from River Park, she's a project manager there, and oh. then Sam Appel from Avero, yeah. she's like a senior account member there. Yeah, I saw um, Christina at at the last event you did at La Picchio. Uh, Chrissa, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, it's Chrissa? Chrissa. Did Chrissa. Christina, sorry, Chrissa. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I said it yeah. wrong. Um, <laughs> actually, the Women's Culinary Alliance, we d- did a dine-around event at River Park. Oh, okay. And yeah. it was... It was a day like today, uh-huh. and she was she offered to give us a tour of their of the farms of right, the yeah. farm. So we were standing out there in the rain, like everyone want we wanted to see it, and um, so I saw her at your event, yeah. and it was really nice to reconnect yeah. with her. They're all incredible women, super inspiring, kicking ass. We at their would not jobs. be doing anything. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually Definitely. kind of a funny yeah. story. Like yeah. I accidentally didn't log into my email for like six months once. I mean, that's a really bad story. But <laughs> meanwhile, Toklas became this really amazing thing, and I was like, "Why aren't I getting any emails?" <laughs> so funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Side note. Um, but yeah, so it's been a huge team effort, and uh, but obviously that takes time and resources. Um, and so we are looking to eventually. I mean, we want to. We're going to ask our membership um, what they want out of this group, mm-hmm. and um, if a membership fee is something that you know they would want. Uh, obviously, if we do start offer, um, 
having or requiring a membership fee, um, people would get something for that membership fee. So we're just trying to figure out what that all means um, and how to, you know, provide the resources that we need to continue this and to grow it into, you know, something bigger. Yeah, well, about that's awesome. How many how many people how many members or people are signed up at this you point? Know, it's growing day by day. Right now, I think we're at eight hundred wow, members. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and just if you guys need any to pick anyone's brain, just because I have been involved in the Women's Culinary Alliance for a That'd while, and yeah, thank feel you. free That'd to give helpful. me a shout out. Um, we will take you up on that, <laughs> and I'm putting it on record, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, and I was looking, I was on your website, and I was very excited. I see tomorrow tickets go on sale, or you can sign up for the Bon Appetit yes. um, talk you have with Christine yeah. Mulk- Mulkey. Yes, Christine Mulkey ha- has just been a huge supporter of, I mean, of Moofugu, of this group, and me personally, she's been great to, like, bounce ideas off of and get advice from, so we're really excited for that event. Um, but yeah, it's going to be at the Bon Appetit ca- Test Kitchen, and I'm sure everyone knows, but they are moving offices um, downtown, downtown, like later right? this year, so it's going to be one of the last times that I think you know you can experience the BA test kitchen. So, well, I hope I hope to get in. I missed the one you did yeah. at Food and Wine. I was yeah, I was on I, the wait that's list. The thing is that I wish we could offer more spots, but there's only you know so much room. So much room. <laughs> well, what it said? What time do you do you let people start signing up? You know, that's a really good question. We should probably put a time on that so people can get know. ready. Probably 10 a.m. 10 a.m., like the co-reservation site. No, just kidding. Sam's probably like, ah. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a story to tell you later about <laughs> going to one of your restaurants and the reservation. It's, it's my, at the end of the show, I do my solo dining experience. So uh-huh. we'll talk about that okay. later. It's, it's a good story. Uh, so, well, Dana wanted to know, she was on the show last week, as you know, and this is Dana Zukovsky of SS&G. And I asked her to ask you guys a question. So she wanted to know if you had any plans to expand Tokla Society outside of New York City. And she she was pushing for Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> which I don't eat. She doesn't even go to that. <laughs> which, which apparently has a huge restaurant scene, um, a huge restaurant city with uh, test marketing. Um, I, I was kind of. Yeah, thinking that probably wouldn't be the first city you went to if you expanded, but is that something in in your, you know, in your thoughts for the future? I mean, 100%. Um, We'd love to expand outside of New York, but like I said, it's just time. We just don't have the time and resources right now. But um, a bunch, you know, different other women in the industry from other cities have reached out asking us if um, they can help in any way. And like, we definitely do want to explore that Um, maybe a year from now. But yeah, we, I, you know, there are other major cities that have huge, um, a huge restaurant scene. And so I think that they would definitely, um, this organization would, would serve a lot of right. good yeah. in other cities. I think it would probably mean we need to have some sort of anchor person wherever mm-hmm. we would consider. And I know Unjean Song, one of our co-founders, it, uh, lives in Seattle now. Um, and I'm from Seattle. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, so. <laughs> we could do Seattle. <laughs> Um, There's some good restaurants in Seattle. There are a lot of great restaurants in Seattle. Um, oh, Sam just texted me. So tickets. Hi, Sam. She's obviously listening. Thanks. You might be the Hi, only Sam. one. Um, and my mom. And my, um, no, my parents are listening, too. My husband is definitely. We, we, got, we definitely have five. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's a ton of people. This is a great show. But um, Sam said 2.30 is when the tickets will go live so, tomorrow. For we just thank thank, thank you, we Sam. We just assume 10 a.m. because that's when the co-reservations yeah. become available. <laughs> Well, um, that's good to yeah. know. Yeah, no, because they do. I know they're limited. It's like 20 people, and everyone's going to sign up in the first minute. So, um, I hope yeah, so. I think so. So maybe Seattle is what you were going to say. You were saying, okay, sure. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see where you end up. Pressure's on, EJ. I know. <laughs> well, you have time. I mean, you you know, you still get New York established right. more, and and. And then Seattle, and then Columbus, and we'll move from there. Yeah, we've got all of the different <laughs> places in the country. Right? Yeah, across the country. All right, great. So we're going to take another break here, and then we're going to come back. We're going to do my speed round and industry news discussion. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I want to put you in a cloud and push you around. I want to put you in a cloud. I want to put you in a big white cloud. Take a good look, cause there's nothing left From the small streets where you draw your breath From the small streets where you draw your breath with my 
breakfast with you. Strawberry coffee for two. One thousand breakfast with you. One thousand breakfast with you. One thousand breakfast with you. I'll hold you by the sleeves and do what you please. So make sounds. All right, welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Sue Chan and Alex Pomolier. Trying very hard to say your Doing name correctly the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is my speed round where I'm going to it's just a game. It's there's no right or wrong oh, answer. I'm just going to really give really bad at pop quizzes. So. Well, I'm going <laughs> to name two things such as chocolate and vanilla. Or vanilla, and <laughs> you say chocolate, you say vanilla, or you say oh, strawberry. Okay. That's easy. You just, you, yeah, it's in either or. So um, we'll just go through this, and 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 it should be fun. Okay, so here we go. Eat in or eat out. Oh gosh, more these days. Eat in. Yeah, I never eat out. No, that's not true. I do, but definitely eat in. All right. Because Why- it's fun to cook. And oh, I just like it. to order Chinese food. <laughs> That's that's, a, that's that's a mixture. Yeah. That's eating out. I need to change this. Eat in, eat out, <laughs> or, or delivery. Delivery. <laughs> we'll, delivery. Or takeout. Well, delivery will probably win all the time on days like this, right? <laughs> okay, how about wine, beer, or cocktail? Ooh, wine. Well, I'm pregnant, so I will take all three. No, uh, <laughs> um, wine, yeah. And that's very exciting, too. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. She's due any day now. No, I'm, I'm doing jam. <laughs> sort of any day, but <laughs> very soon. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Um, God, yeah. Um, yeah, a la carte. Well, I'll cook a tasting menu cooked by Sean Gray any day <laughs> and Renee Renzepi, but <laughs> most of the time Yeah, it carte. really depends on the restaurant. I really appreciate yeah. a tasting menu at a restaurant where I'm intimidated by the food. Because I'm like, cool, yeah, just cook it for me. I don't need to. Yeah. Like, I love Blanca's tasting menu. <laughs> um, but I also really enjoy being able to choose my own stuff. But I always end up ordering like it's a tasting menu anyway, and so then it's kind of the same. Yeah. So I have no answer to that one. Sorry. Okay. Very good. <laughs> uh, small plates or large plates? Oof. Wait, define a large plate. So like an entree large plate? <laughs> <laughs> Small plates. Small plates, yeah. Yeah, small plates. I was trying to think of how many inches a plate would be. A big plate, a large... Yeah. Small plates. Yeah. Small yeah. Plates. Okay. Mostly because I like well, to just eat, so it just gives you more variety. Yeah. <laughs> Try everything on the menu. How about tipping or all-inclusive charge? Ooh. Tipping? Tipping. <laughs> I would love to figure out a way, a way to do all-inclusive. That would be great, but I don't think it works in Europe, so... Yeah. Tipping, say, tipping's tip, been the tipping, popular answer in this yeah, show. Yeah, tipping until it gets figured out. Yes, yes. Got it. Communal table or chef's counter? Ooh. Oh, definitely chef's counter. I, oh, really? I shouldn't say this because our restaurants have communal tables, but I really dislike communal yeah, tables. That's a hard one. I, I kind of like both. Depends on the occasion. Depends on the restaurant. And... Okay. All right. This is this is a good one. Bosom, fried chicken, duck, or ribeye? And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Momofuku's large plate format, which they have those four options, plus the noodle bars, the chicken. Yes. And then at Mapesh, we have um, the chicken and rice and lamb and rice, which is a sleeper hit in my mind. Um, well, then, I mean, you can add those two to make your decision I'm going to go with tougher. that one, actually. Yeah, okay. At Mapesh. Yeah. That one's really good. I'm going to go with the fried chicken at Noodle Bar. Partially because my husband had a lot to do with it. Kevin um, used to be the head chef at Noodle Bar. Oh, yeah. great. <laughs> Which is where Alex and Kevin met. <laughs> yeah. um, but not just because of that. I, it actually is my favorite. The duck <laughs> is also incredible. And I recently had the ribeye. It's like picking a favorite child. You, yeah, it, it's, exactly. It's they're all yeah. really, really They're good. all really amazing. They're, they're I, like the secret. Yes. Yeah. Great I've, had, I've had three. I've had the bosom, the chicken, and the, and the duck. What's your favorite? I would say I'd still go with the Bosom. Even the Bosom is a, yeah. They were all, the duck was, I, I thought I'd like it, but it was even better than I expected. Yeah. yeah. They're all, it, that's just something that all of our restaurants, and they're in Toronto too. Um, oh my goodness, in Toronto there's a salt and pepper lobster large format oh at Daisho. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, there's just Sounds something, awesome. it's like, Dave thought of this, however, I mean, don't need to talk about it, but like, 
it's just one of those things that's such a good idea, and I'm not even sure if most people know about it, and it's such a cool thing to do with a group of people. It's yeah. it's terrific, and it's really not expensive when it comes no. down to it. It's a really it. affordable way yeah. to eat at our restaurants, yes. And, no, that's you know, bring found. in a group, big group of your friends, and it's, like, communal, and... Yeah, it's just a super fun thing to do. It's I would say it's like an experience. Yeah, yeah I haven't. It's been a while since I did it, but it was fun because I, I put together people who didn't even know each other, just friends of mine in the food mm-hmm. world, and connected people, and yeah. we had a great time. Yeah, Charlotte Druckmann did that recently with the ribeye and invited me, which I was really honored to be a part of. But yeah, it was super yeah. fun. I'll to have do to that. do yeah. the ribeye. Okay, a couple more. No. Crack, grasshopper, or candy bar. <laughs> I'm not even going to explain that. When you first started that. that, I was like, huh, crack. Crack. <laughs> crack, grasshopper, or candy, candy bar. Oh, really? Crack. This is, these are the pies from Milk Bar, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah. Candy bar yeah. pie is based I know. off of the Take 5 candy bar, which is an incredible candy bar, as is the candy bar pie. Yeah. I don't think I've had all these. I know I've had the crack one, the crack pie, and that's it's. I know why I got the name. It's, I mean, it's... It's, it's a, like the best yeah. part of a pecan pie, like that gooey stuff. I mean, it's based off of a chess pie, but it's, yeah. Right. It's also really good. Delicious. <laughs> okay, just one more. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Oof. Wait. I, I can't choose <laughs> so either Or New Jersey. Live. I'm yeah, sorry. Jersey City. Sorry. Um, so I used to live, in, I lived in Brooklyn for a really long time, but now I live in Manhattan, and I have to say downtown Manhattan is, yeah, it's winning by a long shot right now. So sorry, Brooklyn. I still love you. <laughs> so my husband it. and I moved from Brooklyn to Jersey City four years ago and it is awesome and it is just as close as Brooklyn and nobody realizes that. <laughs> I've been there. It's great. I know I'm giving myself credit for being, <laughs> it's actually, it, I've been there. Like Brooklyn. Not yeah. that I'm saying we want to be Brooklyn because Jersey right. City does not want to be Brooklyn, but it's awesome. <laughs> just letting everybody know that. Would you like to tell us why it's awesome? <laughs> it's beautiful and there's a lot of cool people there and there's not a lot of I don't know I mean if you've lived in Brooklyn for a long time you kind of like get uh, there's some people there's some younger people that maybe when you're getting a little bit older and you're pregnant you're like I don't really want to hang out with like 23 year olds not that I'm saying that's all of Brooklyn but Jersey City's like got some nice community that I felt was lacking from my life before I moved there um, that's good. and great restaurants and 30 acres is there so <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, honestly, I'm a city girl now, and it's really, and I think some people get scared by going to Jersey. It's really not that far away. It's really easy to get to Jersey City and to 30 Acres. My so commute you all is shorter go. than when I lived in Williamsburg. Right. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Moving on. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's all, <laughs> we could talk about this all day. It's great. Well, let's let's talk some industry news. Um, well, the the big one, of the big stories this week was the the world's fifty best restaurant list came out, and I don't know. Some people, some people, I keep seeing don't like the list, or it's. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's the restaurants on it are all around the world. They're they're top restaurants. Most of them are very expensive. Um, and I saw not on your you had two on from the top hundred, which yes. is awesome. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean they put uh, Noma back at number one, and uh, and then I will give a shout out. So Momofuku Sambar was sixty four, and Mo- Momofuku Co was seventy, and that's just really impressive. So, Thanks. what do you guys think of this this list? I mean, is it is it something David Chang um, like was waiting there to see the number? I'm you know, yeah. I mean, I would say that obviously, undeniably. The rest, the list includes a lot of the best restaurants in the world. I mean, the 100 best restaurants in the world. It is definitely a really comprehensive list of um, restaurants that, you know, if you are in those cities, you should definitely try to check out. Um, a lot of those restaurants are hard to get into and tend to be expensive. Um, and But, yeah, but, I mean, I think it's a really good resource to use that if you are interested in what is um, innovative in food, you should be going to those restaurants. Um Obviously, that's not like a, a list for everyday eating. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so even though I recently... But it's also the only international, like comprehensive international list, right? There's oh, really true. nothing out there that um, is informing the public of like what is happening in food. And I think that that list does a really good job. Of like, I think that. there's like four restaurants on there in Peru, yeah. which is like, you know, Michelin doesn't have a guide in Peru. Yeah. You know, how are you supposed to know if that Peru has all these great restaurants? Yeah. Ex- except for on this list, which is 
going around the world and trying everything. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And there's yeah, I, and these I, all these yeah. chefs are pushing the status quo and you know creating dishes that people have never seen before. And so um, I think it is really important to pay attention to that list and who's on it. Yeah, well, I took I took a trip to San Sebastian last year, and I I knocked I got I got to Mugaritz and Arzac and a few others that that were on that list. And um, I mean, I you know you can't I don't think you can eat those type of meals all the time, but they're really special, amazing experiences. Yeah, so. and I mean, they, my husband and I were just talking about this the other day. It's so sometimes I just think that it's almost um, like comparing. Maybe like a neighborhood restaurant to a restaurant that would appear on the list is it's almost apples and oranges. You know, I, I don't even know if like that the contest to get on that list or like the competition to be on a list like that is really specific. Um, and I don't think any like Sue was saying, I don't think anybody's looking to eat at all those restaurants every night. That would be crazy. <laughs> um, even if you were a billionaire, you know, it's really a certain mm-hmm. caliber of competition. Um, and I think that's pretty cool that exists. Yeah, I do too. I look at the list. I get it. I get inspired. I get oh, this is yeah. And I think that's what it's supposed to do. You know, to foodie people. Yeah. Okay, so we're kind of a little. Well, we'll, we'll talk about one more news <laughs> thing. I don't know. How about? I typically been talking about Pete Wells and the New York Times, his reviews, but I wanted to talk about. So Lagaya Michon writes a column on Fridays for the New York Times, and she does reviews without stars. So she reviewed Rosette, and I haven't been there before. I mean, she seemed, the title was, Things Aren't Always What They Seem. I mean, from the sound of reading it, uh, it kind of sounded like a one to two star review to me if I had a star on it. Um, I've heard really good things about the restaurant. Have do you guys, are you familiar with Rosette? Uh, I have been to Rosette, actually. Um, the chef, I don't know if he's still the chef, but Nick Curtin. I believe, yeah. Right? They, I didn't read the review, but it's the 25 and under review, right? Right. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, I went when it was really early, like right after Friends and Family. Um, but the space is incredible. Nick obviously has a lot of really interesting ideas. Um, but yeah, but I thought it was a good experience. I haven't been. <laughs> okay. I don't really get out that much. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I've, it's on my list. I want to go there after I go to 30 Acres. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. We're going to take one more break here, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Change your name. Now when I call you, just rings Welcome back to All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. Okay, so typically I've been talking about an experience that I have in New York City every week, um, but I want to do a flashback here because it relates to my guests. Um, so last year, I had a big birthday in February, and for the big birthday, I took a solo trip to Australia and New Zealand. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it was wow. And I always wanted to go to Australia and I, you know, work, I work for myself and I never take time to take big trips and I just decided to do it. And it was amazing. So the first city I went to was Sydney and I was only there for three nights. And once I figured out my itinerary, I wanted to go, you know, I typically when I travel, it's not like I seek out to go to New York City chefs restaurants, but I wanted to go to Sabo. So... Am I saying that right? Sayobo. Sayobo. <laughs> I wanted to go to Sayobo. It means goddess of the east, and her sign is a peach tree. All right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> In case you're wondering what that meant, <laughs> or if any of our restaurant names have meanings. They do. <laughs> well, I want to know. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to digress. Okay. So my story. So I wanted to go. So I looked. I looked. There was like one night I could go. So I went on, the, you know, I figured out the reservation system. 
back whatever a month, the time difference. I went right on the computer, whatever it was, 5 o'clock to make my reservation. 5 o'clock, put in reservation for one. Denied. (laughs) Do it again. Denied. I was like, what is going on? It's now I'm now I'm worried I'm gonna miss it because time like ten seconds have gone by. So um I put in reservation for two. Boom, goes through. <laughs> so I, I go through the process, I make a reservation for two, I credit card and everything. And then I emailed whatever there was an email on the site. And I said, Hey, I'm coming from New York, I work in the industry, I'm solo, I'd like to come. Can I come solo? Within 24 hours, manager emailed me back. He said, you know, we will make an exception for you. And sure, no problem. Come, come. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not sure why, why there's, you know, why you can't go as a single person or if that's changed. But because I went, I had an amazing time. I sat at the chef's counter around the bar and I was at the end seat and you know, it didn't really matter if I was solo or with someone as far as, you know, space arrangements yeah. for people. So, and I befriended the guys next to me. They all worked in the hotel. One of them was the manager at Marquee upstairs. And um, it was phenomenal. I mean, this was, I don't know, it was a, about a $200 tasting menu, 13 courses. I'm going to have to, <laughs> at the time I had a Blackberry, which, yes, <laughs> I did. And... um I'm going to have to go back and find it and find my pictures and post them because the there was I remember this radish dish was gorgeous and it was just it was a lot of food but I loved the experience and then I remember at the end they you know the whole time you saw this like I guess it's the bosom or the pork sitting on the counter in the middle <laughs> you're wondering who gets that and you go through all 13 courses finish dessert and then they gave you this this pork and I was so full I couldn't even finish it but it was all phenomenal. I love the experience. That's a petite four flowers for her. <laughs> yeah. For so, so I don't. I just want. I figured that would be a good solo experience to share with you guys because yeah. it was it was really amazing, and I feel very lucky that I, I got to go there. For the record, the reason why we have all those finicky rules about party sizes and whatnot, it's just because there's only a certain amount of seats, and in order to get in, it, it, when you do the automated system, you have to. Um, slot in certain numbers of seats at different party sizes. So that's the only reason why. And the reason why we do the reservation system is to keep it as egalitarian as possible just because there are only so many seats and um, that way everyone has an equal chance to get a reservation. Not just because you like know Alex or me or something. Yeah, that part I get. I just wasn't this... I I understand. I sort of understand that. (laughs) Well, it's because at a counter, at a bar, it seems... Because the guys next to me were three, so they're throwing off the evenness of mm-hmm. two people or four people or, you know, parties by being right. an odd number. The system has to be really dynamic in order to be able to account for that. Like, okay, well, we have a three top that's made the reservations, so now there's a one top available. And quite honestly, it's something we're working on. <laughs> we built our reservation system ourselves. Um, <laughs> Which is why. But people are <laughs> copying your reservation system because it's very good. <laughs> More power to them. No, it's, um, <laughs> if you no, haven't noticed, it's a constant work in uh, work in progress. So that's but technology they, like that is really complicated on the back end, and so like Alex said, it has to be it's super dynamic. Excuse, but, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, that sucks that happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but no, I was I was impressed that the, he got back to me right away, yes. and and I had a great time, and I'm glad I went. And anyone wants to check out all these restaurants, momofuku.com, go there. Have you guys been out to Sydney or Toronto or? I, I excuse me. I've been out to Sydney. Uh, EJ and I went out there for the opening, um, so we were there for two weeks. Sydney is incredible. Um, they have a very vibrant food and drink culture there. They people do. People are very very mm-hmm. into food, which was great um, to be a part of. Yeah, or it is. It is great. I'm really scared of Australia. So. <laughs> really far away, you like lose a day of your life. Oh, you gain. You it lose back a day and you, then you yeah, gain yeah, a day, but. but. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought the food scene was incredible there. It was just, it's 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 expensive. Yes, it is expensive. They make more money, though, and they have better... So um, if you live there, you're yeah. probably good, but yeah, if you yeah. visit... Okay, well... They have great labor laws. Really great labor laws. <laughs> Very pro-employee there. Very good to know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we're just about done here, so thank you guys so much thank for coming so out here today. Yeah. This was fun. So, um... Oh, I forgot my final question. Ah. Okay, so next week I ha- I'm having on uh, Isabel Wojcik, Waj- if I'm saying her name right. And she's the director of house programming at the James Beard Foundation. So could you guys ask her a question 
Um, anything come to mind? James Beard, Isabella? Yeah. Um, what advice could you give Tokeless about how to grow, <laughs> how to do what you do and be as great as you are? <laughs> yeah. We, we, we do try to bite a lot of, um, Systems. <laughs> okay, From I other will comments. ask her. She's so, she's awesome. If you don't know what her, what advice she, could you give Tokla? I will have to introduce you guys because she's she she's actually a, invited um, the Tokla Society and the committee members in for dinner the other week, um, and it was an incredible meal. I mean, her and Colleen, who um, they both handle programming, uh-huh. they're right. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but. great. Thank you. All right. So my guests today have been Sue Chan and Alex Pomolier, the co-founders of Tokla Society. And they both work for Momofuku. Now, Tokeless Society, their website is tokelesssociety.com. They're on Twitter, at Tokeless Society, at Superchan, with S-U-E, per Chan. And your AMAG wheels, which I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> I'm going with it. I really like wheels. <laughs> and my Twitter and Instagram is all industry, at all industry, at Sherry Bayer. And at Bayer PR, and my website is BayerPublicRelations.com. So, anyone, if you miss this live broadcast, um, you can find us archived on Heritage Radio Network. We're also on Stitcher and iTunes. So, thanks to my engineer, Jack, and to everyone out there listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and I'll be back next Wednesday at 4 o'clock with another live show. Hope you'll tune in then. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.